all of us are arjuns caught in their own flesh in their blood in their tears in their emotions in their past and being caught we forget what our dharma is therefore bhagavad gita is immortal as long as arjun lives within us we will continue to need krishna hoc measures right reservations and all i think reservation the very concept militates against the dignity of the human being reservation in any form at any place for anybody i would rather empower the person i pick up a person who has been disempowered and disabled for various reasons and i pick that and i put that person in a particular institution without challenging the fundamental reason that caused him or her to feel weak then i am not doing much so i take uh, this very idea that uh, that women or girls should have more reservation as not very dignified what we rather need is that girls and women should know who they are their energy their power has to be unlocked and a point has to come where there is uh, no need for this this concept of reservation it's an ad hoc thing as i said it's a temporary solution it not it's not even a solution it's a temporary treatment that will not cure anything but but just for that temporary duration it may have some utility it has to be remembered that it has to be temporary and it has to be remembered that the real solution lies elsewhere but ajay ajay this temporary solution harms men also that like if a boy gets 6000 rank and a girl gets 8000 rank and she will got admission the boy will not get admission Uh, this temporary solution is also no, this 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 kind of thinking is not good let's say there were 100 seats right and if you very well know that 20% have been reserved for a particular uh, section why do you still assume there are 100 seats fight for the remaining 80 raise your own level why crib later on that you know i had more marks than the ones who were in the reserve category and i didn't get admitted first of all be it a man or a woman you have to stop energizing the victim within you we take great pleasure in feeling victims because once you feel victimized you feel authorized to claim compensation and this is such a bad road don't go down this road 
Even a lot of feminist narrative includes the story of uh, victimization. I'm a victim, so you better compensate me. The fact is, we all are indeed victims at some point in our lives. But it's not very dignified to claim compensation. It is against the human spirit to play the, the, the sissy baby and say, oh, the world has messed up with me, things have gone wrong with me. Now come and correct those things. What happens to your own strength? Where are you? Rise and challenge. Rise and challenge. And that's why, that's why I don't, even if I try to, I can't agree with stories of victimization and oppression. If, how can somebody ill-treat you for centuries without your passive consent? Please tell me. You surely had a stake in the system. Why don't you want to talk about that? Your, your real oppressor is not the other, but your own inner fear and greed and insecurity and ignorance. But you don't talk of your inner oppressor. You talk of the external oppressor and you can talk of that. And when you talk of that, you do get certain advantages. Hmm? Somebody will come and say, well, you know, so many wrong things have happened. So, so much has to be paid to this person. But that does not build up your capacity. You, you are not born to live on compensation money, right? Why do we take birth? Go back to the first principles. Why are we born? Why do we exist at all? We exist for the sake of liberation. We do not exist to seek compensation. You getting it? And so much of our behavior, whether as men or women, is, is determined by this kind of, of reactionism. Somebody has done me certain wrong, so now I get the rights to turn the tables on him. You messed up with me, so I'll mess up with you. History tells that you have denied me of certain things, so now I'll deny you of certain things. This takes you nowhere. This takes you nowhere. Realization of your true nature awakens a power that no, no privilege or compensation can match. You better awaken that power. See, see these, the two sides of the same coin. A group of people comes and says, we are the victims, so you give us reservations. And the moment you give them reservations, another group stands up like this and says, oh, the seats have been all taken away, and our cutoffs are way higher than their cutoffs, so now we are the victims. So what do we want now? We want compensation. Who will come to compensate you? If everybody is to be compensated, who exactly is the one making the compensations? We don't go into these questions, right? Don't ask for compensations. Even if you feel somebody has wronged you, take it in your stride. Tell yourself, you have taken away so much from me, now I'll show you who I am. You have taken 10 units away from me, and that further awakens my spirit to earn 100 units. In fact, I thank you for snatching away those 10 units of whatever. Had you not challenged me that way, I would not have awakened to the, to the potential. I would not have taken up the challenge and, and become bigger. 
have have that approach in life. A bit of an advice. Uh, as this year's uh, Women's Day theme stands for gender equality, there still exists a uh, gender inequality in every aspect uh, of the society. So, uh, so do you think that education can bring can bridge the gap uh, of gender inequality? And what are the changes that we can make in our education system uh, to move towards a more uh, gender equal society? No, I'll repeat that. See. You're coming with a, with a pre-prepared sheet of questions and that's why gender equality is a very ordinary objective. I'm repeating that. It's a very, very ordinary objective. Gender equality is much the same as saying that since he is the male chimpanzee, so I want to be his equal as a female chimpanzee. How glorious does that sound? Please tell me. Do not ask for equality. Men are stupid. Hmm? Why do you want to be equal to them? Why do you want to even proceed in the, in the same dimension as they have? Political power has been with men. Economic power has been with men. Don't you see what they have done with their power? Please. Do you want to go down the same road as enlightened women? Please tell me. Do you want to be female copies of men remaining females biologically but trying to become men psychologically? Is that what you want to become? No. So just don't try to seek parity with men. In fact, you can learn from all the misdeeds of men and woe to not repeat them. That's the only thing you can look towards men for. Look at men and say, I don't want to be equal to him. Being equal to him is an insult. Right? Gender equality, a very, very ordinary objective. You need liberation from your gender identity. Gender comes from society, sex comes from biology. To begin with, kindly seek liberation from your gender identity. And as you progress in life, See whether you can also be liberated from your sexual identity. That is what we are here for. That is the purpose of life. The purpose of life is not to, uh, not to fall in the same well as generations of men has been doing. That's not what we are here for. Education is the key. Unfortunately, our education focuses almost completely on the material. The physical dimension of living is all that we address in our education. We need to address the real, the inner dimension of life. That which I am talking of is fundamentally Vedant. Vedant is not some abstract stuff in, in arcane Sanskrit that you cannot make head or tail of. 
Vedanta is this. Vedanta is a very living thing. It tells you what your next decision in life should be. It tells you how to live. It tells you who you are. Right? That education needs to be there in our schools, colleges, universities. And if, if our formal system fails to provide that or accommodate that, then there needs to be an informal way. Right? And info, by informal, I mean something outside the formal governmental system. Right? I'm trying a bit of that. The, the, the things that are happening here, the books that you're seeing in front of you are all that. I just hope that such books were, were rather present in our formal uh, syllabus when we were in class 8th or class 10th. That's the time when these books must have been read, but better late than never. Now we are trying to disseminate the message of Vedant and to the extent I can see, that is the only way, that is the only way. See, it's just that uh, we call ourselves cultured and civilized. Therefore, we call certain behaviors as unacceptable and criminal. But irrespective of how we label those behaviors, those behaviors have largely continued, right? Because those behaviors are commonplace in the jungle. I'll keep going back to the jungle. Because that's where these behaviors are really coming from. You, you're, you're holding that sheet of paper. I snatch it away from you. You'll say, see, this is a crime. My property has been taken away, right? But is that not happening all the time in monkeys? You go and observe monkeys. They continuously keep snatching things away from each other. So because we are monkeys, we too do that. We too do that. As long as we are monkeys, crime will remain. Because all crime is nothing but an attempt to extend the material self. That's the Vedantic definition of crime. An attempt to extend the material self at any cost. That's a crime. When you do not know who you are, then you take your welfare as completely divorced from the welfare of the other then it's a zero-sum game. She has something, then I don't have that thing. For me to have that thing, I must take it away from her. That's the material approach to life. Huh? You understand a zero-sum game? Plus one, minus one. If I have it, I have plus one. She has it, then it is a minus one for me. Hmm? You flip the sides, it is still plus one and minus one. The sum remains zero. That's how Prakriti operates. If you have it, I don't have it. If I have it, you don't have it. And that's the thing that applies to all material, does it not? If I have this, how can you have this? And then there will be crime. Because you too want to have it. That is called desire. I too want this. And desire cares for nothing but itself. I too want to have this. And desire is what is killing this planet. Everybody wants to have a good life. All of us wants to have, want to have lots of this, but the planet does not have enough to give us, give each of 
us enough of this. And desire is saying, no, I too want this, I too want this. We too want to have the same kind of per capita consumption that the United States has. We too want to have the same kind of per capita usage of electricity that Germany has. I want to have the same number of kids as my neighbor has. And that's what is bringing us to a total destruction now. Please understand, that is crime. To care for the material beyond the worth of the material. To think that the material can give you what it really cannot. That is crime. That is the real definition of crime. But we do not have that definition because that definition is too much for us to handle. So we define crime in a very narrow way. We make certain rules, certain laws. And if somebody violates them, we say, that fellow is a criminal. The fact is, everybody who lives only in the material dimension of life is a criminal. Just that the crime might not have yet come to light. Just that the crime is not yet recognized by the rule books. But the fellow is a criminal, no doubt. Therefore, the only real way to eradicate crime is to wean the man and the woman away from only the biological material self. Otherwise, crime is the reality of our biological existence.